Ciao, amici. Welcome to Cinema Italiano, the podcast dedicated to the Italian experience as told by film. I recently got to attend the 31st annual Palm Springs International Film Festival in Palm Springs, California, and see the documentary The Disappearance of My Mother by Beniamino Barreze. I got to speak with Beniamino after the film to learn more about its background, what it was like filming, and how he engages with the documentary as a medium for all of its strengths and its weaknesses. The audio quality of the interview isn't perfect, but I hope you enjoy the interview and check out the film. Out of everything I saw at the festival, The Disappearance of My Mother was one of my very favorite films, and I can't wait to see it again soon. In the United States, it's coming out in February on DVD and digital, so if you can't see it in theaters, I highly recommend checking it out in a few weeks once it's out. Grazie, and hope you enjoy the interview. Thank you very much, Benyamino. I really enjoyed your film, um, The Disappearance of My Mother. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it for our listeners. Sure, sure. So this is a documentary that I made um, about the present life of my mom, uh, who used to be a top model in the 60s in New York, um, and later became involved with the feminist movement. Oh, by the way, your handwriting, it's very similar to her handwriting. It's very funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Anyways, she got involved with the feminist movement in the 70s and she um, did different jobs and she ended up being a professor of anthropology in university in fashion, uni- fashion courses. And she's a very intriguing subject for me and I was very, obviously, uh, saddened and, and kind of shocked by um, this resolution that she has to to go away, to disappear, as she says. It's something that she had for a long time, but it became stronger now. And uh, as a filmmaker, I was very interested in, as a son, this was a challenging thing that your mom would tell you, I want to go away, I want to disappear. And as a filmmaker, it was a challenge to explore the genre of personal stories, but to kind of twist it in a way that I could hopefully reach an audience and tell a universal, from a very intimate story, something universal. So I, I thought, it, and and also I, I really love um, female characters uh, in movies and and in novels, and and I thought I had such a powerful one next to me, and so that's why I decided to change my life because I was living in London for seven years, but I came back to Italy and I spent basically two years um, next to her. Well, I wasn't living with her, but I would. And I started filming her and then I got financing for the film gradually. I learned how to make a film because I was a cinematographer and this was my first project as a director. And so it was a big journey and that's it. Oh, wow. Um, Of course, there's so much to your mother's life. How did you decide what parts of her life and her past to focus on? What what didn't make sense for the movie? What did? um, And what was that kind of decision making like? So I, I knew I wasn't interested in making a biopic or in like exposing the, um, the, the good and the bad of, of an extraordinary life. This wasn't for me. I, it was more about like I tried to be very synthetic and I, I, I asked myself what is at the core of her struggle, of her life. And I kind of um, elevated what I 
thought was this core of the struggle, which for me was the struggle of a woman who lived through her look, through her appearance, and that suddenly finds herself um, championing the opposite, the, the, the value of non-appearing, of being invisible, and, and kind of goes against, against um, her own life journey to explore a completely different dimension. And I, th I figured out that this, um, this was interesting not only for her, but in general for women that are somehow um, being in history kind of uh, forced to, to be seen for how they look, but not so much so for what they think, how they think. Or So I thought this struggle of my mom was the struggle of women in, in general, in a way. This kind of imperative to be pretty, to be beautiful in a kind of male-designed society where they have to serve a specific purpose. And I also could relate to that because I thought also just my mom has suffered for something that in fact it's for everybody. Like we are all kind of forced to be in shapes that are expected from us. Even in, you know, the, the male uh, stereotypes are the strongest, the women's stereotypes. And so I, I just thought this would really resonate with me. So I, I chose this as my setting point and I so I, I told her story through this lens, which is a woman that has everything because of her beauty, but then wants to gain something else. Sure. And so I, I, I highlighted only the things that I needed. So I, I don't speak very much about her past, but I show her present mainly. And you wouldn't never think that this woman that you see today was an amazing model. So I kind of give to the audience little clues uh, gradually. And I give them only what I need to sustain this uh, position that she has today, which is very antagonistic and different and kind of twists a lot of her past. So people, some, some people, especially the people that know her, are disappointed because they would love to see more of, you know, facts about her life. And other people, are, you know, would love to also be told more about what happened. And there are lots of stories, like, you know, she... She was in New York in the factory. She, you know, she met the Velvet Underground. She was there with uh, the Kennedys and Truman Capote and all the major artists oh, have wow. an influence in her life experience. But I didn't want to have this wow effect. You know, I, I just wanted to the people to be hooked by the emotions and to be able to relate to this woman. So I didn't give importance to this, but I really uh, invite people that are interested in her to go and read more because, and maybe one day I will develop more of a biopic, maybe with fiction elements about this life. But this wasn't this wasn't the case for this film. Um, well, what you said about kind of her frustration with kind of the roles of women versus the roles of men, a way I thought that really came out in the film was in the scene where um, she's teaching and she shows like an image of a supermodel and she says. You know, women always represent nature, whereas men always represent like logic and the mind. Um, but you, as the image maker, as the director, can help reshape that or recontextualize that as the the one controlling that image, which is really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, unfortunately, I would have loved this process to be a, a process where I would involve her uh, almost in the writing of the film, in the conception of the film, a little bit and. I would have loved to give her a chance to rewrite her story and to own her story, like now I own my... You know, a model is really passive and she's com all the time represented and these images are going to be everlasting, you know? For example, look at, uh, I don't know, Leonardo da Vinci, La Gioconda, I don't know how you call it in English, 
we don't know who this woman is, but we know the author and this person is nobody for, for us, it's a mystery. Oh, see. And so with all these models, we have so many images of them, but these images only speak about the photographer that took that image, no? You know, like uh, Irving Penn or Avedon or all these fashion photographers. And these models, which actually are 50 or more percentage of that image, are completely nobodies, most of them. You know, now things are a little bit changing and models are more in control. But uh, anyway, so I was uh, I was fascinated by this and, and, and I, I would have loved her to make her own image of herself. She wasn't interested, so I had to be doing it pretty much by, my, by, by, by myself. So it's still a man that represents a woman. And in fact, this was often a critique, you know. I, people would tell me, you know, we don't want another movie by a man about a woman. Like, people were stuff. But anyways. Um, but a son about his mother, that's, that's different. That doesn't feel like, or I wouldn't think of that as like male gaze. No, that kind oh, of thing. okay. Um, I'm sure there were many difficult things, both personally and just learning to direct and learning to make films as you went through this. Um, what do you think was the most challenging part of making this film? The most challenging was, um, I guess, to to respect the um, the spontaneity of what was going on between us and to maintain that in my in my way to relate to her because I was behind the. I was behind the camera, but I was also an actor of the film because I was often, you know, the way I feel there, like I become part of the story, like, and it's very difficult to maintain that spontaneity, but at the same time to know what you're doing and to aim your filming to a direction because you want to get some stuff in order to make your film. But if you're also there inside the scene, you don't want to sound fake or so it's very difficult to maintain that balance between like relating to your mom that becomes a character and you becoming a character and at the same time don't play fake or don't be contrived in what you do because you kind of have an idea of what you want but in, for a documentary to work well at least this kind of documentary it has to be real and spontaneous and honest so that was difficult and it was then difficult in the editing room to reshape something obviously with a coherence and sure. I think I, I managed to a certain point. There is a lot of imperfection in the film but I I claim this imperfection as something important. Like there is a, a line in the movie where my mom asked one of her students why is imperfection so scary for people? And the student very intelligently replies, because perfection is related to power. If you're perfect you have a certain power and people will like you. If you're imperfect you don't get that power so as my mom teaches power is always symmetrical you know in buildings buildings power you know the buildings of power I imagine the White House are always oh, symmetrical sure. and the, the clothes of, um, of power are always symmetrical asymmetry is always a symptom of um, non-power like you know people that are very casually dressed and uh, are always people that don't have access to power but when you get to a power position you have to be symmetrical so anyways I, I, I think it's cool that my movie is not perfect and there is an imperfection that makes it alive and it's fine uh, and then what was your favorite part of filming it? favorite part was to um, have a chance to witness all my mom's lectures these lectures in university were her last lectures 
and oh, I, wow. I had never had a chance to spend so much time with her and it was very moving to see such a wonderful human being teaching to students and really changing their perspective on life. That was really valuable, very valuable. Well, I'm sure after being in London for so long, it must have been really great to then have all that time with your mother again. Yes, and of course, you know, when you grow up, you have less and less time with your parents and it always seems like time that you're taking away from your real life because you have to, you know, I was getting towards my 30 and I thought, oh my God, I have to make sense of my life. I have to do something with myself and the fact that I could do something while also spending time with her. You know, this is a very independent project. It wasn't like, okay, I've got a job. It was more, I'm making my little film and I'm trying to make sense of it. But at the same time, I, I believed in it and, you know, I was doing other jobs in order to pay for my life and I work as a cinematographer but 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 for me that was an important project and it coincided with uh, giving me time for spending time with my mom so it was ideal so I had an ex and, and in fact even if my mom is very eloquent about how she's angry about me making this film in the bottom of her heart she was also happy that she had a chance to spend time with me and witnessing me uh, working you know and she enjoyed that um, I was surprised during the Q&A you had mentioned some of the reaction was that she didn't want to participate or she seemed angry, which there are moments of that, but there are also so many moments where she's smiling like at, towards the end when she's like twirling around outside of her house. Like she looks so happy and That's the there's so many moments. <laughs> but there were, there were moments of sadness, but I thought there were a lot of moments of happiness too. Mm, I think that depends really on your, your eyes, how you look at this story. Some people only look uh, some people identify themselves with her and they see all the pain that she goes through and all the um, negative emotions that she has towards me. Other people will empathize more with me and they will see her less. Uh, anyway, it depends where you stand in the story and it really can change. Some people just see the beds and they were like, oh my god, this film, you are such a horrible person, you really, really... Uh, insensitive and you do, you're damaging your own mom other people see the other side it depends uh, but I agree with you of course uh, and then you know it's great that you're being able to showcase this movie at different festivals and it's opening um, what is next for you? what is next for me? alright well I'd like to I'm right I, I'm sort of uh, I want to take some time off because the last months I've been on the um, spinning wheel of festival and I've been, like, the film was, like, in over 100 festivals in, like, 10, wow. 12 months or more. And I was invited to many of them, and it was a great opportunity that I decided to, to take. So I traveled the world, sometimes with my mom, but I didn't have much time for myself, for my life, my relationships, uh, as well as for planning a next step. But I, so I, I look forward to have some time and hopefully thinking about another documentary for sure I love documentaries but also I there's an idea for a fiction I, I like this interaction between documentary and fiction I believe that there's not much of a difference when you're telling a story it's a story depending what in fact in this film I, some, I wanted to use actresses and you may have oh, seen that yeah. there, is a, there are some scenes with these actresses so I love this intersection between fiction and documentary and love to explore that more so I look forward to to stop and and start something new but I will tell you later because I <laughs> I'm not ready now uh, well it's very exciting to hear um, that actually reminds me um, something you mentioned during the Q 
Q&A that I thought was really interesting, um, I'd love to talk about a little bit more, um, was the idea of kind of exploitation being inherent in documentaries, um, where no matter what, there's the subject, and the subject being aware that they're being observed, and there's always, I feel like that's a tension or a conflict that will always be in documentaries, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Sure, yeah, I'm, I'm super aware of that, like, I'm super aware of that, and obviously it's important to tell stories, uh, and it's great that documentaries exist. At the same time, I, I, I always notice that, you know, even when you go and, for example, in a war zone, and you tell a really important story, like, I can always feel the tension in the filmmaker's mind. I'm making this film. Yes, I believe in this story, but also I want to make a film. It's my story. And at the same time, there is somebody often very fragile on the other side of the lens that is letting you entering in their intimate life and they're giving away so much and and often they have a purpose there is a purpose but there is this element of giving away something that for me it's just very moving and um, and yes there is an element of exploitation I, I can see it when I'm a director of photography and I, I have my camera pointing to an actor for example and actors or actresses are the ones that most are okay with showing themselves but at the same time even in their attitude I can always feel this fragility like they need mm. to be seen and, 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 and the, same, the movie um, is made by exploiting this you know this because the best acting often comes from these kind of gaps between the performance and the real human being that you can see and often is a fragile human being that just wants the attention or anyways I, I like this tension I, I can always feel it and and for, yes, as I, as I said in the q and I, I like how this film allowed me to put like a magnifier on this topic of the tension between the person, the camera, and the person behind the camera, and how this can play out. In the case of my mom, there's a resistance, but I think she voices tension that I think is always there. So I don't have an answer. I think it's... Like, for me, it was the same. Like, I was like, okay, I'm using my mom to tell my story, tell her story become a director you know it was huge this exploitation element you know sure. I was using my mom that was also a kind of famous mom in order to make a film and start my career I mean it's big but it's always there you know it's always there yeah no matter what the subject matter not really anything. matter what the subject matter again no and and I think again as a documentary maker even when you meet a very willing subject I, I, I can always see that you know so I'm very glad that I could use this opportunity to be more sensitive and understand more this tension and this conflict. Um, well, thank you very much for your time. Excited thank to see you. what comes next from you. Thanks um, so much. And thank you. I really enjoyed your film. Swing.